Hello, my friend. Welcome aboard the Daily Dose of Disney. I'm Ray Keating, novelist, economist, and editor and publisher of DisneyBizJournal.com. So in this podcast, we serve up Disney or Disney-related stories, facts, insights, debates, discussions, and lessons, and we're covering a wide range of topics. So today I want to get to something that both fascinates me and frustrates me. Um, it's when a biographer or a historian um, tackles a subject but misses key fundamental aspects of it and biographers can do this which really fascinates me they they immerse themselves in the life of a person and yet they miss some key points about who that person is and we're going to talk today in this episode and in the next episode um neil gabler's massive biography uh on walt disney titled well walt disney um it's filled with all kinds of facts which is wonderful but let's. But there, there are things, key things that really two that jumped out at me, and I'm sure there are more. Unfortunately, that Gabler just missed as to who Walt Disney was. So I'm going to read this excerpt. Uh, quote: By the end of his life, it was the sacredy values of the nostalgic films and the sturdy patriotism of the historical ones as much as the cartoons that one associated with Disney and that made him along with Norman Rockwell, the leading avatar of small town flag waving America at the same time. However, his forward looking television programs depicting the future helped shape attitudes about technological change. And NASA acknowledged that Disney's early drum beating for its program was instrumental, easy for me to say in generating public support for space exploration. It was Disney, too, who created Tomorrowland at his Disneyland theme park and collaborated with Monsanto on a House of the Future attraction there. And Disney, who advanced the ideas of monorails, people movers, uh, audio animatronic robots, and other marvels, even to the point of designing an entire city that would, had it been built, have incorporated the latest in technology and urban planning. It made Disney at once a nostalgist and a futurist, a conservative, and a visionary. A lot to unpack here, but fundamentally what I'm getting at is Gabler does not understand what it means to be a conservative in the sense that Walt Disney was a conservative. So, you know, this is true conservatism as opposed to a lot of the labels that get thrown around today. So... I think it's the author's, his bias, his assumptions, his ignorance. Um, he misses a fundamental point here. Um, if you understood, you know, really what it means to be a patriot, right? To feel a sense of nostalgia and to be a conservative in the, let's say, Walt Disney, Ronald Reagan sense that they were buddies. Um, then Gabler would grasp that there really is no conflict, which he's basically pointing to, between being a patriot, a conservative, and being a futurist and a visionary. Gabler comes with his own baggage, apparently. So he doesn't understand that, you know, the conservatism of a Disney or a Reagan, for example, is, yes, very much about appreciating, appreciating the best that has been handed down to us from over the ages, right? The, the wisdom that was handed down doesn't mean you accept everything, right? 
there's a lot to throw out, <laughs> um, but there's a great deal of wisdom that's passed along. And that includes, and Walt Disney certainly would understand this, the free enterprise system. Now, that's an institution that conservatives like Walt Disney and Ronald Reagan embraced as conservatives, right? Um, and that is a system that has proven to work the best in terms of wealth creation and alleviating poverty and so on, and advancing innovation and technology and so on. So free, the free enterprise system rewards visionaries, right, who bring innovations to the marketplace that consumers like. And that was Walt Disney, right? So it's, it's kind of unfortunate uh, that, you know, Gabler decided to, uh, you know, that his his bias, I guess, his assumptions, uh, his mistakes, really, on this front, kind of sets up this, like, you know, oh, Walt had these great contradictions. It really wasn't. Um, it was very much in, it, it was, if you understand what all these things are about, then it fits together quite nicely. It's not like Walt was a walking contradiction, quite the contrary. Um, you know, I would argue that he was a conservative in the best sense of that word. We're going to touch on another topic that I think Gabler um, missed uh, about Walt in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, please get your news and views on Disney at DisneyBizJournal.com. Um, please check. And I've, you know, by the way, before I get off, I've touched on this before a little bit, but I wanted to really touch on it in a, in a larger sense today with the, this episode and, and the next one. So anyway, um, listen, please check out my books at rakeeatingbooksandmore.com. Uh, the Disney planner is there, the Disney planner, the to-do list solution, which you can, uh, you don't have to buy it just in January. You can buy it now and just start, uh, getting inspired and organized and hopefully amused, uh, by all sorts of, uh, great quotes, uh, from Disney leaders like Walt as well as from quotes from uh, various Disney vehicles, movies, and streaming shows, and so on. Um, so check that out. My other books, uh, including 20 novels and counting, are available uh, there as well. And those books are over at Amazon.com. So I hope you find value in some of this and all of this. And hey, have a magically productive day.